Hello everyone, welcome to episode 26 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Today we're going to talk about density dependent. What is it? Why is it important? Why should we know about it? Biologists, wildlife managers, and those working in wildlife in general across the world rely on density dependent as a way to monitor how well populations are doing. Here in North America, let's take the mule deer population. Mule deer are a den density dependent species. They have both positive and negative impacts on an individual within the group and those can lead to a population growth or a population decline. So managers use density dependent markers to indicate how well a population. What is density dependent? Density dependent is the group's ability to affect an individual for both a positive and a negative. On the negative side, think of limited resources. If you have a mule deer population with a large, large mule deer population and limited amount of resources such as food, they're going to have a negative impact on the individual because there's so many competing for a resource that it's hard for them to take care of themselves. Uh, during COVID and the pandemic, think about density-dependent issue that a lot of us thought was funny until it happened to us, was toilet paper. None of us could come across any toilet paper, and it started getting scarcer and scarcer and started having a negative impact. Mule deer go through the same thing, but with much more detrimental causes. Density-dependent negative issues can also be from... Uh, a spread in disease as more individuals gather together the more disease can spread as well as parasite loads uh, in southern utah on certain years drought can also be density dependent and it's not the same from year to year that can change you could have a really good spring summer and fall and the issues that you faced last year during a drought where there was no rain completely go away so you're your population is always in flux. It's never the same. And those density-dependent issues that have been present for three years, all of a sudden after a good year, can just go away. So there's positives and there's negatives. The positive side of that is you're thinking, how can you have a negative side but then a positive? Think of a group of mule deer. They're all dropping their fawns around that first part of June. And a mule deer drops a fawn, and another mule deer drops a fawn, and now these predators that are out there looking for these fawns, coyotes or whatever they may be, they're trying to target these fawns. All of a sudden there's a whole multitude dropping all at the same time. And so there's safety in numbers. And then the more you have in a group, the more awareness they are of the potential dangers, predators, or whatever maybe. Uh, in some cases, uh, the larger the population, the better they are to stave off the effects of uh, temperature, such as huddling. Think of like emperor penguins. And then once that population gets to that point, that critical point, all of a sudden now you have a huge influence on the negative side. And it's both easy and difficult so managers, wildlife managers, wildlife biologists, they have to be aware of warning signs. 
So in mule deer, some of the things that managers and biologists are looking for for negative density dependence are juvenile survival, age of first reproduction, as well as adult survival. So juvenile survival is usually the first indicator of how well a population is doing. If you have juvenile survival rate of 20% one year and then juvenile survival rate of 80% another year, you're looking at those and you're thinking, okay, did we have a bad winter? Did we have drought? What are the issues? And then after they make it through that first year, then the age of first reproduction. So most people are like, are, most people generally think that if a, a, a mule deer doe reaches the age of two, she's automatically going to start dropping fawns. And how it works with most ungulates is once that female reaches roughly 80% of what her adult body mass would be, that's when she can start reproducing. So once she gets about that 80%. So they're going to look at age of first reproduction. And so if it's taking them longer, let's say that the first age of reproduction was 18 months, and then it gets pushed back to 26 months. What is causing that lag? It's taking longer for her to reach that 80% mass. So why is it taking her so long? And then another one is adult survival. If adult survival is hanging around that 67 to 72% mark for five years, and all of a sudden you have a drop, and now it's like 42%, obviously you have some major impacts. Because adults are able to stave off and overcome a lot of the challenges that juveniles are unable to overcome. And so these are some of the warning signals that they can look for. So how do you, how do managers, how can managers use this information to reduce the impacts of negative density dependence? Um, in a mule deer population, you can increase hunts or harvest quotas. Um, most people would generally think of, yeah, let's target more bucks, but that's not going to have the largest impact. Why is that? Because females are the ones having the offspring. And so if you want to have a large impact really quickly, you can institute a doe hunt. Because not only are you pulling out the doe, but then you would be pulling out next year's offspring. And so that's going to have a larger impact than if you're having it on males. And then the other thing is you're going to be, if you raise that harvest limit, you're going to be harvesting animals that most likely would die anyways. Because if they're in a negative density dependent issue, then there's some, going to be some issues with whether it's the population, habitat, weather. So most likely they're going to die anyways. Another issue that managers and biologists face with negative density dependent issues are pregnancy rates of the females. They will be at 90% during a good year. They go through a bad year and pregnancy rates can go from 90 down to 40 just like that because of the amount of competition. And so wildlife managers and biologists have a very challenging job of making sure they're out in the field every day classifying, seeing what the populations are doing making sure their math models and their statistical models 
are as up-to-date as possible so they have all the information. All right, there you go. Density dependent, positives, negatives. Stay wild. Have a great day.